0: The Vengeance of Miss Gedra. Atharna the Bard, surnamed the Extortionate, was the chief poet and satirist of Ulster in the reign of Conan Macneser. Greed and arrogance were in his heart, and poison on his tongue, and the kings and lords of whom he asked rewards for his poems dared not refuse him aught, partly because of the poisonous satires and lampoons which he would otherwise make upon them for their miserly ways and partly for that in Ireland at that day it was deemed shameful to refuse a bard whatsoever he might ask. Once it was said that he asked of a sub-king, namely Yeohi Makhluta, who was famed for hospitality and generosity, the single thing that Yeohi would have been grieved to give, namely his eye, and Yeohi had but one eye, but the king plucked it out by the roots and gave it to him, and Atharna went away disappointed, for he had looked that Yohe would ransom his eye at a great price. Now Conor Macnessa, king of Ulster, and all the Ulster lords, having grown very powerful and haughty, became ill neighbors to all the other kingdoms in Ireland. On fertile Leinster, above all, they fixed their eyes and sought for an opportunity to attack and plunder the province. Conor resolved at last to move Atharna. To go to the king of Leinster, in the hope that he himself might be rid of Atharna, by the king of Leinster killing him for his insolence and his actions, and that he might avenge the death of his bard by the invasion of Leinster. Atharna therefore set out for Leinster, accompanied by his train of poets and harpers and gillies, and arrived at the great dun of Misgedra the king, at Nass in Kildare. Here he dwelt for twelve months, wasting the substance of the Leinster men. And in the end, when he was minded to return to Ulster, he went before King Misgedra and the lords of Leinster, and demanded his poet's fee. What is it thou demand, Atharna? asked Misgedra. So many cattle and so many sheep, answered Atharna, and store of gold and raiment, and of the fairest dames and maidens of Leinster forty-five, to grind at my corns in Dunathana. It shall be granted thee, said the king. Then Atharna feared some mischief, for the king and the nobles of Leinster had not seemed like men on whom shameful conditions are laid, nor had they offered to ransom their women. Atharna therefore judged that the Leinstermen might fall upon him to recover their booty when he was once beyond the border, for within their own borders they may not affront a guest. He sent, therefore, a swift messenger to Cona Macnessa, Bidding him come with a strong escort as quickly as he might, to meet Atharna's band on the marches of Leinster and convey him safely home. Atharna then departed from Nas with a great herd of sheep and cattle and other spoils, and with thrice fifteen of the noble women of Leinster, he went leisurely, meaning to strike the high road to Emania from Dublin. But when he came thither, the Liffey was swollen with rain and the ford at Dublin might not be crossed. He caused, therefore, many great hurdles to be made, and these were set in the river, and over them a causeway of boughs was laid, so that his cattle and spoils came safely across. Hence is the town of that place called to this day, in the Gaelic city of the Hurdle Ford. On the next day, Connor and the Ostermen met him, but a great force of the men of Leinster was also marching from thus to the border, to recover their women folk, even as Atharna had expected. The Linstermen then broke the battle on the company from Ulster and defeated them, driving them with the cows of Atharna into the sea cape of Ben-Edar. But they recovered their women. On Ben-Edar did King Conor with the remnant of his troop then fortify themselves, making a great fosse across the neck of the land, which ben odur is joined to the mainland. And here they were besieged with hard fighting by day and night, expecting that help should come to them from Ulster, whither they had sent messengers to tell of their distress. Now Conall of the Victories was left behind to rule in Emania when Conor sent forth to Leinster, and he now, on hearing how the king was beset, assembled a great host and marched down to Ben Eddar. Here he attacked the host of Leinster, and a great battle was fought many being slain on both sides, and Misgedra, king of Leinster, lost his left hand in the fight. In the end the men of Leinster were routed and fled, and Misgedra drove his chariot past the city of the Hurdleford, and Naz to the fords of the Liffey at clean. Here there was a sacred oak tree, where druid rites and worship were performed, and that oak tree was sanctuary, so that within its shadow, guarded by the mighty spells, no man might be slain by his enemy. Now Conall had followed hard on the track of Miss Gedra, and when he found him beneath the oak, he drove his chariot round and round the circuit of the sanctuary, bidding Miss Gedra come forth into battle with him, or be counted as a dastard among the kings of Erin. But Miss Gedra said, Is it the fashion of the champions of Ulster to challenge a one-armed man to battle? Then Conall let his charioteer binds one of his arms to his side and again he taunted misgedra and bade him come forth misgedra then drew a sword and between him and conal there was a fierce fight until the liffey was reddened with their blood at last by a chance blow of the sword from misgedra the bonds of conal's left arm were severed on thy head be it said conal if thou release me again then he caused his arm to be bound up once more and again they met, sword to sword, and again in the fury of the fight, Misgedra cut the throngs that bound Conal's arm. The gods themselves have doomed thee, shouted Conal, and he rushed upon Misgedra, and in no long time he had wounded him to death. Take my head, said Misgedra then, and add my glory to thy glory, but be well assured this wrong shall yet be avenged by me upon Ulster. And then he died. Then Conal cut off the head of Miskedra and put it in his chariot, and took also the chariot of Misgedra, and fared northwards. Ere long he met a chariot and fifty women accompanying it. In it was Buen, the queen and wife of Miskedra, returning from a visit to Meath. "Who art thou, woman? said Conal. "I am Boen, wife of Miskedra, the king. Thou art to come with me, then said Conal. Who hath commanded this? said Bowen. Miss Gedra the king, said Conal. By what token dost thou lay these commands on me? Behold his chariots and his horses, said Conal. He gives rich gifts to many a man, answered the queen. Then Conal showed her the head of her husband. This is my token. Said he. It is enough, said Boon, but give me leave to bewail him ere I go into captivity. Then Boon rose up in her chariot, and raised from his gedra a keen of sorrow so loud and piercing that her heart broke with it, and she fell backwards on the road and died. Conall then buried her there, and laid the head of her husband by her side, and the fair hazel tree that grew from her grave by the fords of the clain, was called Colbuana, or the Hazel Tree of Buon. But ere Conall buried the head of Misgedra, he caused the brain to be taken out and mixed with lime to make a bullet for a sling, for so it was customary to do so when a great warrior had been killed, and the brain balls thus made were accounted to be the deadliest of missiles. So when Leinster had been harried and plundered, and his king and queen thus slain, the Ulstermen drew north again, and the brain ball was laid up in the dun of King Conor at Emania. Years afterwards it happened that the wolf of Connaught, namely Ket, son of Maga, came disguised within the borders of Ulster in search of prey, and he entered the palace precincts of Conor in Emania. There he saw two jesters of the king, who had gotten the brain ball from the shelf where it lay, and were rolling it about in the courtyard. Ket knew for what it was and put it out of sight of the jesters and took it away with him while they made search for it. Thenceforth Ket carried it over and about with him in his girdle, hoping that he might use it to destroy some great warrior among the Ulstermen. One day thereafter, Ket made a foray on the men of Ross and carried away a spoil of cattle. The host of Ulster and King Connor with them overtook him as he went homeward. The men of Connaught had also mustered, to the help of Ket, and both sides made them ready for battle. Now a river, namely Brosna, ran between them, and on a hill at one side were the assembled number, the noble women of Connet, who desired greatly to look upon the fair-famed Ultonian warriors, and above all on Connor the king, whose presence was said to be royal and stately, beyond any man that was then living in Erin. Among the bushes close to the women, Ket hid himself, and lay still but watchful. Now Connor, seeing none but womenfolk close to him at this point, and being willing to show them his splendour, drew near to the bank on his side of the stream. Then Ket leaped up, whirling his sling, and the bullet hummed across the river and smote King Connor on the temple. His men carried him off for dead, and the men of Connaught broke the battle on the Ulstermen slaying many and driving the rest of them back to their own place. This battle was thenceforth called the Battle of the Ford of Slingcast, or Arthunukar, and so the place is still called to this day. When Connor was brought home to Imania, his chief physician, Fingen found the ball half-buried in his temple. If the ball be taken out, said Fingen, he will die. If it remain, he will live, but he will bear the blemish of it. Let him bear the blemish, said the Ulster Lords, that is a small matter compared with the death of Conor. Then fingen stitched the wound over with a thread of gold, for Conor had curling golden hair, and bade him keep himself from all violent movements and from all vehement passions, and not to ride on horseback, and he would do well. After that, Conor lived for seven years, and he went not to war during that time, and all cause of passion was kept far from him. Then one day at broad noon the sky darkened, and the gloom of night seemed to spread over the world, and all people feared and looked for some calamity. Connor called to him his chief druid, namely Bacharach, and inquired of him as to the cause of the gloom. The druid then went with Connor into the sacred grove of oaks and performed rites of divination, and in a trance he spoke to Connor, saying, I see a hill near a great city, and three crosses high on it. To one of them is nailed the form of a young man, who is like unto one of the immortals. Round him stand soldiers with tall spears, and a great crowd waiting to see him die. Is he, then, a malefactor? Nay, said the dread. But holiness, innocence, and truth have come to earth in him, and for this cause have the druids of his land doomed him to die, for his teaching was not as theirs, and the heavens are darkened for wrath and sorrow at the sight. Then Connor leapt up in a fury, crying, They shall not slay him, they shall not slay him. Would I were there with the host of Ulster, and thus would I scatter his foes? And with that, he snatched his sword and began striking at the trees that stood thickly about him in the druid grove. Then, with the heat of his passion, the sling ball burst from his head, and he fell to the ground and died. Thus was fulfilled the vengeance of Misgedra von Connor Magnesa, king of Ulster. Thank you for joining me today. The vengeance of Misgedra is such an entertaining legend. The schedule for next month will be slightly different than usual. We will continue with the narration of the Orkneyanga saga which has been no less entertaining than our Irish legends, and the legends themselves will continue on alternating weeks as usual. I'm currently moving house but after a small break from writing episodes that will allow me to unpack, I've got some cracking shows on the way. The first part of my folklore road trip happened last month, and I gathered a lot of material that I plan to share with you very soon. We are rolling the Viking Horde Raffle into July. We are really close to hitting the target for Magnus's treatment and fighting neuroblastoma. Please, please help if you can. No donation is too small and the list of prizes is amazing. But knowing that we've done a little to help Magnus and his family is the most important thing of all. If you wish to donate, the website address is www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash mighty magnus biking raffle and i will include it in the episode description i'm siobhan clark thank you for listening to the myth legend and lore podcast